Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick. Reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. All right, this is your day. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. You are with me today, and we're going to buckle up and ride through the Bible and find some answers for your life. It's real easy to accept where you are. It takes courage to change your life direction. Let me show you some simple principles that can help you change and engage your life. Now, life gets better if you try. Now, if you sit there and accept it, it won't. But if you want to be different, if you want to see your life lifted to another place, today is the day. So enjoy. Let's go right into the service and enjoy today's message. Today, I'm going to continue our series, and in this series, the focus has been one word, and the word is transparency. Can we all say it, please? The goal is to get you to see the power of being open and honest. There is something that happens in your life. I believe transparency is the key to changing everything. Everything in your life will change when you become a transparent person. I think it hinders us when we're not, when we're not open, and there's a tremendous temptation uh, at different stages of life, at different seasons of a person's life, a business life, to not be open. Uh, it, you tend to want to hide and, and go back. And I, I just, I've learned so much in my life about the danger of that. Having people and places in your life where you can be transparent is crucial to your business development, your personal development. I don't care who that is. Figure out who those people are and, and go hang with those people sometimes. Let the people that will ask you that hard business question. Why are you making that investment? What are you making? What's your cash like? What are you doing? Wait a minute. Back up for a second. How, how are you treating your staff? How many staff do you have? You need people in your life who will ask you hard questions, and you need to allow it. There's something about that. That level of transparency changes everything. If you can be transparent in your marriage, transparent in a relationship, and say, you know, we're just not getting along the same. I don't feel the same. Let's talk about why. And, and maybe in some cases, I've seen, believe this may struggle, counseling has been really helpful for, for many. Just having someone counsel you, someone that you trust, someone that can speak into your life, and who's unafraid of you, who's not going to be overly impressed with you. You need people like that in your life because they change everything. They change all the dynamics. They change all of the way you feel, the way the world looks. And that's why it's so crucial and so important. I... I've been covering for the last several weeks uh, all of this from a text that's in Ephesians 6.14 where it says, be girded about with truth or put on the breast, put on a belt of truth. It's the first thing Paul said you wear if you want to win the fight. He said, put on the whole armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. First thing he says put on is truth. It's the key to changing everything. Without that, nothing works. Nothing will change. You just go through the motions. What's really been hard for me is to, to admit sometimes that I'm not as transparent as I thought I was. I thought I was being completely open, but we all have these barriers and places where we stop. But in order to really, really do well, you have to be completely transparent. Now, that doesn't mean you tell everybody all your business. It doesn't mean that you share everything with everybody. It just simply means that there has to be a place where you're transparent. The last the sermon we're doing today, it's not the last one, but the sermon today answers one simple question. And it questions something that we hold dear, our belief system. I argue today that we don't really believe what we say sometimes. And so there's one big question today. 
Do you really believe? Say that with me, please. Come on. Do you really believe? Now, if you believe something, you tend to do it. And so if you really want to take a shortcut to this sermon, just simply go look at what you do. Look at what you do that will tell you what you believe. Look at the way you behave. Look at the way you respond. Look at the way you manage things. For example, if you don't exercise, you probably don't believe in it. You say, no, no, I believe it. No, you don't. If you believed in it and believed in its benefits, you'd do it. But I can't. That's the, you know, believe. Your belief system affects what you do. And if you want to, want to really get to the cut of the chase and see what you believe and who you believe, look at what you do. That's been humbling for me because I found out I don't really believe certain things. And, I, and what's scary is some things that I do say I believe things I should know better than to believe. Do you really believe that because she's cute, she's not crazy? <laughs> you really believe that's not possible? That those two can go together? That handsome and lazy can go together, ladies? <laughs> he, can be, he can have a great haircut. He can, he can be mm-mm and not work a day in his life and be mean as a snake. See, notice that if you're not careful, you can act in ways that imply that you make some really very broad assumptions about life. What do you really believe? What do you really, really believe? Well, if I can talk a little bit about um, the three areas that this sermon has got to kind of deal with. And I want to try to put some rings around it because I'm going to jump around a little bit. You know, sometimes when you're a pastor, you jump around and you don't know you're jumping around. Uh, You're just kind of trying to find your way to home base. But I have three specific, specific things I want to talk about. Transparency in your faith. I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about transparency in trouble. And um, then three things that prove you're transparent. So I'm going to look at your faith, trouble that often comes when you have faith, and then I want to talk about proof that you are transparent. And there are three surprising things that you'll find fascinating. Allow me, if I can, to get you to note with me two transparent lessons that I think you need to learn. Mark chapter 11 is a great text in the Bible, and it's one of my favorites, and it teaches a story about Jesus walking down the road with his disciples and they come across this fig tree and Jesus sees a fig tree and the Bible says Jesus curses the fig tree. And um, then there's this faith dialogue that picks up and there are two lessons I want you to see, but look in your notes under two transparent lessons about God's personality. And this is really important because it teaches you two things God struggles with. First of all, you see that he struggles with being when, when you're unfruitful. He struggles, secondly, when you don't believe. And in the story of Jesus in this fig tree, you see it. Look at verse 20 of Mark chapter 11. It says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Now, you know, I was always surprised when this happened. If you read further up in the story, Jesus, the Bible said, from afar saw the fig tree And it looked fruitful. It looked like this thing has figs on it. And it was hungry, the Bible says. So he went to get some figs. And he got up close. It wasn't there. And so he was was like, get out. You look like you're, even though it wasn't the season for the figs, it looked like it was ripe. 
So there are times when you look at this story, if you're not careful, you'll assume that he's just having a temper tantrum. Why did he curse the tree? Why did it wither up? This is not about God taking some kind of rage out on a tree. It's more about how God responds to something that looks one way from afar, but it's not up close. It's about hypocrisy. It's about the tree representing fake. Up close, when you get up close, are you what you appear to be up close? Now, I want you to notice there's this pleasure when you're not what you're supposed to be. God never wants you to look fruitful and not be fruitful. I fight that in my life because when you get up here and you do this preaching thing and you put the suit on and the tie on and, you know, you you really can get into the presentation moment. Transparency about where I am, especially when it comes to my fruitfulness, is hard to be honest about. It's hard to say I'm, I'm broke. It's hard to say I'm financially challenged. It's hard to admit I made a bad business decision. It's hard to admit that the investment went bad. It's hard to say I look one way, but up close I'm another. And my challenge as a leader here is to make sure we don't look one way as a church, but then up close, our finances are a mess, facilities are a mess, staff's a mess, my marriage is a mess, my kids are crazy. You know what I'm saying? That when you really start diving in, you start finding these little potholes And you're wondering, well, what is real? And what's tragic is people then equate that with God. But in verse 22, Jesus answered the disciples, looked at this withering tree. And then it's a a moment to teach a lesson. And and they asked him, they said, wow, you, you, you zapped the tree. It's withered away. And he said to them, have faith in God. There's a, a sort of a switch here because now, now they're almost, everything he does, they're, they're shocked at, and it's like, wow. And he, he, he kind of pushes back on their faith. You, you, know, you know God can do anything, right? Have faith in God. That's what's happening in, the, in this conversation. For surely I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain, verse 23 of Mark chapter 11, be moved and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that he, those things he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Now, I want you to notice, I bolded for you the pronouns. I want you to see how personal this is. He, who, you, whoever, there's this personal thing. You, If you say it, it happens. If you don't say it, it won't happen. If you challenge it, it works. If you don't, it won't. Look at it again, verse 23. I surely I say to who? You. Are you with me, church? Come on. To who? Whoever says to this mountain, to whoever, not just the preacher, not just me, not just the guys in the front, not just the guys with the bishop or the apostle title and all that. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in whose heart, his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you Receive them, and you will have them. What do you believe? You know, they're, they're, they're outwing and awing at Jesus, and now he turns it on them and, and really kind of points out, I'm struggling with any signs of unbelief in you guys. There's something that, that happens 
And this is a very transparent moment with Jesus because he wants them to be clear. Let's be transparent, guys. Unbelief is a, no, is, is, is a, is a, is a deal ender here. It breaks all the deals. If you don't believe me, God, God struggles with unbelief because it means we can't get it done and we've got to get it done. Somebody's got to build the building. Somebody's got to evangelize the world. Somebody's got to get on the plane. Somebody has to fund that effort. Somebody. And you have to see yourself as a person who, who gets it. So let's be transparent. Can he use you? Where's your part of the fight? I'll come back to that in a minute. Let me talk about four things that challenge my faith. You might want to make this personal. So give me, I, this is, you know, whenever I list the things that I'm struggling with, they're honest. This is the truth, people. <laughs> Number one, rest of them all together say time, time. test, test. Terror, terror, and trouble. Hey, college students, you'll love this. I don't like tests. I never did. I think professors who give tests, uh, well, we won't talk about that. It's necessary. It really is. I get that. I mean, I, it, you know, I, I, I wish um, you wish you could just go to school and just kind of say, yeah, I got it. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. The test proves it. When, when it comes to time, I like things now. I don't want to wait for anything. I mean, you want to get it now, right? I don't, I don't, um, I don't like the idea that things scare me. Now, my point is, there's something powerful, though, about admitting this, this is where I am. I also don't like trouble. I want all my life to be, listen to me, I wrote it down for you, no trouble, say with me, come on, say no trouble, trouble. with time, test, Test. or terror. I want everything to be fine. I want my life to be one big happy song. I want to just sing, it's a small world, I want to be happy. I want to be happy, you know, I just want to be a happy guy. But it's not like that. It's not like that, and I, I have to learn, if I'm going to be transparent, I'm not being transparent, I'm saying this is what I desire. And, and so this is how I pray. And even I pray with an attitude, if you're not careful, God, you see what's going on in my life. Jesus, I'm running out of time. I am terrified of these bills. You're testing me. Rebuke this trouble. And you just think God goes, ooh, I'm scared. And it's like he's not paying any attention. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He's not going to get you to tell the truth. Come on, be transparent, right? You know, there are moments you just want to go, do you hear me? If you could call him, you say, you hear me? Do you hear me? I'm calling you right now. I need you to work fast. But that's not how he works. And I've just learned a lesson from James chapter 1. And this is what I call four transparent truths about trouble. You ready? Number one. It's all about how you view it. Come on, say it with him, please. Come on. It's all about how you view it. Diane views the most terrifying rise that go backwards and forwards and flip you and shake you and throw you up in the air and, and jerk you as fun. I don't. That's the difference. Believe it or not, you apply that same principle to the rest of your life. It's all about how you view it. Here's the deal. When you go through another trouble season... Count it all joy, James chapter 1, verse 2. View it differently. It changes the way you feel about it. Count it all joy. 
Secondly, it's all about seeing value in, in it. I love verse 4 of James chapter 1. Let patience have its perfect work. You know, let it have its perfect work. And again, I want to apologize for jumping around, but the Bible is like the grocery store. You know, everything is not on one aisle. <laughs> and so you've got this incredible principle here that says, hey, you know, it's all about seeing value in this. This is, this is perfecting me. Raising the children, dealing with the money, you know, budgets, being broke. I'm telling you, broke will make you rich. Because when you get money again, you hold on. Sometimes it's because you never have a tight time that you don't see the value of it. Thirdly, it's easier when you ask for help. I've learned that. I've learned that when trouble comes, it, 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 it's, it's incredible when you ask and say, help me. Can you say that with me, please? Come on, say, help me. I don't know why we don't want anybody to help us. Especially guys, if you're not careful, you, 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 need, you need father tips. You need man tips. You need woman tips. You need tips. You need somebody to, to pour into your life and say, Here, here's how you manage this. The fourth thing I want you to notice is it's almost feels better when you really believe. Let him ask in faith. You're going to feel better. You're going to think better when you believe, when it's not something you're making up. It's all about being honest. You, if you don't feel good when you're going through trouble, if you're not confident, that means you don't believe. That's why you're worried. You're only worried because you don't believe. If you've been coming here long enough, you know he's almost done. He never goes long. I made you believe that. There's something about believing and knowing something's true. I close. Three signs, your transparency. This is in Matthew 14. Now, if I can summarize this quickly, it's a story about Jesus walking on the water. And it's 12 guys on a boat. One guy, Peter, sees Jesus walking on the water. And the Bible said in Matthew 14, verse 24, meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them and they, battered by, they were battered by the waves. And about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. They were scared out of their wits. A ghost, they cried out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Now, verse 28 is where you see this amazing thing. Peter, suddenly bold, said, Master, if it's really you, call to me to come to you. I want to volunteer. And then the Bible says, jumping out of the boat, <laughs> Peter walked on the water. Now, a couple of three things I want you to see. When a person is really transparent and believes, if we look at a person's life and say, do we know, how do we know you really believe? You're not faking. This is really how you feel. You really trust God. Number one, you experience fear. You see their fear. They don't try to hide it. Whenever fear shows up, that's when the real faith of the person shows up. The 11 guys were scared to death, and the 11 guys were not about to get out that boat. One guy, though, volunteers. Now, this volunteering showed something. The volunteering showed the heart of Peter in a way that made the other guys look different. We don't spend too much time on the guy who stepped out of the boat, Peter, and not enough time thinking about the 11 guys who didn't say anything. 
All they did was cry and scream, but they didn't say, hey, can we do that? What's the difference between Peter and them? Here's the difference. You ready? Peter, wo- Peter wanted to overcome his fear and volunteer. He believed. He looked at Jesus and said, if that's you out there, I want to join you. Now, that says a lot about why Peter was special. Would you ever volunteer for anything risky? Would you ever volunteer for anything that takes you out of your safety zone? Would you ever volunteer your money, your time, your effort? One of the things that will make this church explode is people take on the spirit of volunteering. The spirit of, I want to not just watch a miracle, I want to be a part of it. That's what made Peter special. That's what made him dynamic. He didn't just watch it, he was all in it. There's something about you deciding you want to be involved. And then lastly, I love the way he did it. The Bible said jumping out of the boat. Listen, don't do this in a passive way. Do it in an aggressive way. God's not interested in you kind of joining me. Here's what I hate. Don't ever give me this testimony. If you ever give me this testimony, I'll not like it. If you ever say this to me, if you ever say to me, well, you know, God called me to preach, and and I've been fighting that, and I've been waiting all these years, and I've been holding out in this fight, and and, and finally, you know, I I guess I'll go do what God said. I said, please don't, 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 don't. We don't want you to sign up. Please resign. Please quit. Never, never preach, ever. If you tell me that, that's what I'm going to tell you. If you say, I don't like Savannah, I'll say move. Here's why. Who wants you around if you're feeling that way? Who wants you to be here if you're not on the team? Don't cook for me and say, I hate cooking. I just despise it, but I'll do it for you. Don't cook for me. <laughs> do not cook for me, please. What kind of cooking are you going to do? I want somebody that jumps in the kitchen. I want somebody that's jumping into the fire. I want somebody that's not afraid to try. I want somebody who's excited. Come on, church. Excited about life. Peter didn't just walk on the water. He jumped in the water. He jumped out there. Jump out there, please. Volunteer your time. Don't let don't let United Way outdo you. Don't let don't let other organizations outdo you. And you say you know the living God. Don't let them outdo you. You should be jumping into it, helping people. I love to ask one question when I meet people. I say it all the time. Are you saving the world? I always get this. What do you mean by that? I said, are you saving the world? And they always look at me like, what kind of question is that to ask anybody? I don't even understand what you mean, Pastor. Are you in the world you're standing in? You can't save the whole world, but in your world, in Temple's world, where I live, where I have influence, am I working to save it and change it? If not, who cares that I'm here? Who cares that I breathe or drive a car where I live? If I'm not saving the world, we need to save the world. Overcoming my faith has no value if we're not trying to save our community and save our world and make where we live better. I know I'm preaching good. You hearing what I'm saying to you? It means something. That's why we must give and we must tithe and we must serve. We must volunteer. That's why we must do this. So we can have the resources and the power to make a difference. Be accountable. Be open. Be good stewards. We must not, not just live and breathe. Jump on different political hobby horses at certain times of the year. Let's change the world every day. Every day. Who would stand up and say, this person changed my world. Lord, help me. This person changed my world. This person, your stepfather, who cares? If you didn't change the family, 
Your presence has not brought joy, only contention and strife. Who cares that you got some title? Who cares? Don't you get it? You want to matter in the world? Help the world. You want to matter on your job? Help your job. Help them make money. Help them succeed. Who cares? Lift your hand. Say, I must make a difference in the world I live in. We cannot just exist. We must save our world. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this chance to share with your people. I pray what we've talked about touches lives and stirs us and shakes us. Help us jump in the water like Peter. We might sink, but we're going to try. You'll pull us up. You'll help us. Well, I pray you were blessed today by the message, and I pray that it challenged you. You know, sometimes you need a challenge. You need something to kind of crowd you a little bit. People who win in life accept the challenge. They embrace the dynamics that come into their lives that make them uncomfortable. You may feel uncomfortable, but embrace it. Marriage can be tough. Raising kids can be tough. Working can be tough. Living can be tough. But God is tougher. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So go win. I'll see you next time. My name is Pastor Rick. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.